This is the audio podcast with Samuel Freeman and Scott Hewitt. And today we are recording in the car, driving north on the M5. Hello, Scott. Hello, Sam. Um, <laughs> we 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 said we might. Well, we we promised the show, so here it is. Yeah, we should. Well, first of all, we should welcome our our guest presenter for the week, Mr. Adam Yanch. Hello, Adam. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Adam. Hello. Um, we we are returning from a gig, and we completely failed to uh, do the show. So now we're going to do the show while we drive home. And uh, just to let everybody know, it's now ten to one in the morning after the gig. And uh, we're just uh, about 10 miles away from Cheltenham, heading up the M5, so uh, that's why it's a bit noisy. Well, yep. <laughs> but we trust the recording will be fine. <laughs> we, have, we have my trusty um, Yamaha Pocky Track clipped to a bag, positioned in the centre of the car, and we're the high-pass filter on, so we'll get a bit of sub rumble, but yeah, you can hear it. We're driving. So, tech news. So, tech news. Um, Audio. With stuff. We should have some news to talk about, but we don't have any notes to hand. Um, off the top of my head, obviously, today, Max 6 was finally... The, the you know, Max 6 turning up is finally announced. It's during the fall. Um, we could have a really detailed discussion about it. That's autumn for everyone in the UK. But, um, we well, there are some things we could talk about. They're making it cheaper. I think that's a good idea. They make it cheaper, but they're also adding on a pay extra to get this new feature. Yeah, which is going to be a whole load of a CPU optimization. That could be, it's going to be a cool feature. Um, what else? Well, there's going to be loads of improvements, isn't there? They're in, um, going to make the wavetable for the oscillators bigger. And that's, yeah, because it's always been, well, the, on the list of reasons Super Glider is better than Max, the fact that the default wavetable in Max is used to be, or in Max 5, is 256 samples, it's going up to thousands of samples, I don't know the number, I'm not going to 16k I believe it said on the uh, website, no, also we... the, uh, it says that the patch cord's going to be curvy, curvy patch cords. supposedly they said that actually makes an incredibly big difference to um, layout of, uh, of the patch, uh, so that's interesting for me because I'm one of those people who likes to align my uh, max objects like pixel perfectly to make sure my patch cords are straight. And if I'm right in thinking, the entire uh, the entire application is now going to be 64-bit as well, isn't it? So 64-bit on that. And um, the... I, uh, well, I'm not sure about that. It, it said it would be able to handle 64-bit audio, uh, but I imagine they probably would make it 64-bit running, 64-bit um, as well. The um, something I'm quite interested in is the JavaScript engine in there. They're using one of the new fast JavaScript things, I can't remember which it's one. It's the Mozilla one, I believe. Yep, so they've got the Mozilla JavaScript engine plugged in there, so we can do super fast JavaScript stuff now there, which is going to be good. That's pretty cool. Um, another news item we should talk about, it isn't so much a news item, it's more of a housekeeping item. Well, hang on, can, can I oh. just, just tag on to that, because it's related, is also the um, the canvas object from HTML5 is going to be able to run in Max 6 natively, so... That's very true. Yeah. What I was going to say is, as a news item, I'd like to say hello to all of the people we mentioned in last week's show. Yes. We're now going to email everything, everybody that we mentioned in the show, just to let them know we've done it. Oh, we, we, we started that, we, we did it a bit the week before last, last week we we've did it We've done it on and off every now and again, but we're going to try and let people know when we talk about it. So, so hello, hello to our new listeners. Hey. 
Nice. We don't always record in the car. This is the first. It's, <laughs> it's quite an exciting first. First for everything. First for everything. We'll, we'll be doing the, ne- the next uh, audio podcast. We'll be on the plane, probably. <laughs> no, no. Actually, that would be a cool thing to talk about as well. Let's talk about that quickly. So, Sam, we're using your... Is it your Yamaha Pocket Track? Yeah, Pocket Track C24, I think it's called. But I suspect that with a bit more floor planning, we probably could do this... We could probably do this better, couldn't we? <laughs> we could do it in 5.1, I think. <laughs> uh, if we had the right... Well, the well, Zoom the H2 to... has got 4.0 recording, which is like 5.1, but without the centre and the sub. But that's true, but that wouldn't... What I mean is we could... You know, we could use a laptop, use a small sound card, maybe some kind of uh, clavier mics kind of attached to our collars, perhaps. That would give us a better quality audio for tonight. Well, this comes. This harks back to what we were talking about with Scott McLaughlin a couple of weeks ago with sound card shows, because you've got your ultralight in the car, which gives yeah. us two channels of preamp player, but there's three of us, so that really wouldn't help very much because if we were going to start making things up then we would need an extra uh, mic preamp to yeah, plug into one of your uh, line-ins but it could be I, I just wonder if there's whatever options there would be for doing this with a better quality of recording perhaps because I think this is going to be a fairly poor quality recording we're getting this in well, well the fact that yeah it's, it'll sound like we're in a car um, so not only is there the sound of the car driving and bumping over the roads, there's all of the reflections from the windows of our voices bouncing back in. And I'm kind of sat in the I'm, I'm in the back right now, and these the other two are in the front, and I've kind of got the the mic the microphones are kind of near their shoulders, but obviously they're facing forwards. And yeah. Well, I think everyone will be amazed when they actually find out that we actually did do this in the studio. Did we? And we're, this is a, a special kind of acousmatic presentation that we decided <laughs> to cook up and kind of fit into this whole idea of us driving back from a gig. Um, which... Watch out, guys! Choo-choo! Maybe we're on a train. Okay, no, no, getting, that's a bit too cliché, but... Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I think we should move on. Is there any more news? Um, well, there probably is, and if you go to the wiki, I'm sure we'll... There's probably other stuff we were going to talk about that we started to list, but we haven't got the wiki in front of us. We're not going to... That would be possible again. We could have set up one of them, mobile phones, <laughs> Wi-Fi, hotspot, and got online, but really, yeah. So, uh, remind me, Sam, uh, where, where do we get the show notes from? Well, that's at wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk And if you want to Twitter us, then feel free to at the audio podcast. Or everything, contact details, past shows, it's all on... The Somebody wiki. tweeted us today, actually, didn't they? I think, well, we mentioned another podcast. We mentioned the Home Recording Podcast last week. And um, a, a, a listener of our show tweeted them and added us in there too to say, did you know these guys mentioned you? Which they did, because we emailed them and told them so. And, and they replied, but we do really like that. I, it's, you know, it was, I think I, I interrupted our sound check actually to share that uh, fact. <laughs> These are important things for us. <coughs> so what do we, um, so I, dare, I, I suspect that the main item we would have done this week would probably have been to have talked a little bit more about Max 6, but we haven't prepared that. So instead what, uh, what I suggest we do is we're going to take an opportunity just to, between ourselves, myself and Sam and with Adam here, we're going to talk about um, the kind of housekeeping and preparation and best practice we've developed with our laptop performance because the gig we're returning from was uh, a Hilo PG gig which is the laptop group, laptop performance group who's, who a recording of which is the starting track at the start of this album and yeah, our performance that we did at the Froome uh, Festival 
Yes, yep, so that's Froome F-R-O-M-E Festival. That's where we've been, we're driving, well that's where we set off from, I don't know, a while ago we've been through Bristol. That's not relevant, laptop stuff, we played our laptops this evening, there's usually more of us when we do laptop ensemble performance, but just three of us this evening with Hilo PG. Well that's, that's partially because it's uh, midweek, so yep. it's difficult for some, and also because it's a long way. Um, just a quick uh, note on Froome. Um, the reason we were there is actually because that's where uh, I used to live uh, several years ago. So I've got some contacts there, was able to hook us up with a gig for the Froome Festival. Uh, so it's not so crazy that we just ended up in a random town in Somerset. It, there is a bit of logic behind it. Uh, but anyway. So, so to topic, to topic, uh, we're all Mac users. Yes. Uh, would anybody like to say why? I, I think we've always all been Mac users. Actually. No, I've not always been a Mac user. Not at all. Um, the first, I've, my first, when I moved to laptop, I've been a Mac user since then. Um, I always had, we had a PC in the family at home, and I had my own PC, and, but I've always used Mac from co at college and then university, doing audio and video has always been on Mac for me, so when it came time to buy my own laptop, the MacBook was the way to go. So, no. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm a Mac user. The reason I'm a Mac user is because it, it just works. <laughs> in, in terms of laptop performance, like today, we turned up, we did a sound check, we played a gig and we left, and we, we were running a Mac and had no problems at all. It worked fine. It works fine every time I try and do it. I'm sure one day it will now not work because I just said that, but, you know, it always works fine. Um, to that point, today we actually there was another act playing who was on a on a on a Windows box and had three crashes in the course of a of a thirty of a thirty five minute performance. So you know, I, I I feel vindicated in a decision based on nothing but prejudice. Well, this brings so. us to the best practice aspect of this um, ad hoc feature because I had a word with the guy afterwards and it, it turned out that it was actually his first public performance doing what he does and he was pretty good. You know, he's obviously he knows what he was doing. But I asked him, have you ever, because today we did the sound check in the afternoon and then three or four hours later there was the gig and we all did the same and left our computers running all that time and I said, have you ever done that at home? Have you ever put on your, opened up all your stuff and practiced and then left it running for three hours and then carried on? And he said, no, I've never tried that. So... So what you're suggesting there is a it's a heat accumulation issue. Yep, or I don't know exactly what he was running. I think he was running reactor. There could be there could be issues with memory stuff going on. I've yep. no idea. He he said it was CPU related when they were crashing. I don't know, but basically, it's you, if you're going, you need to stress test things. Basically, you know. The, yeah, the stress test is important. So I've, I was running my um, ultralight sound card, and I've spoken about my kind of you know. The satisfaction I've had using the uh, using Motu hardware, and we're in no way endorsed by this. No, we are, we are in no way endorsed by Motu. But um, the, the point I would make is that I quite regularly will spend an entire day with my laptop on plugged into one of my Motu cards. That's uh, I do that on a regular basis. Probably you know five days a week. That is what I do. So I, I have kind of complete confidence in that setup because I know it works. It you know I stress test it to the point where I'm satisfied with that. Well, I think the other thing. Adam, what kind of sound card are you using? Uh, well, I was just about to come on to that because uh, in my uh, 
I too use a Mac, uh, MacBook Air, which has drawn some kind of uh, raised eyebrows by certain people. Um, for what I do uh, in, Mac, in laptop performance, it does a great job and it's very light and easy to carry around. Um, I used to not have a sound card, I used to just use the internal audio, um, but I, uh, in the last year I purchased a uh, Novation Neo, which is this little uh, kind of two-channel in, no, it's four-channel in, uh, two-channel out um, kind of DJ uh, audio interface, which I found very useful. Um, but what I was just about to say is, I think it's, it's important to get to know the little idiosyncrasies of your setup and I've certainly in moving to this new sound card I've noticed a couple of things like it doesn't like going to sleep with the sound card plugged in things like this but when you know these things you can then plan your way around it and I think this links back to when we were doing undergrad at, at uh, University of Huddersfield and we had some very odd kind of computer setups and you really had to learn why they were crashing and then not do that and learn to work around these problems. It's not so obvious in modern computers. We were using old crappy Macs back then um, with SCSI drives and all this kind of stuff. Um, but this I is think 10 years ago now, isn't it? Look, this, was, this was 2001 to 2004 for myself and Scott, uh, slightly later for Sam. Yeah. Um, but I think that's uh, one key thing is to understand um, how your computer system and its peripherals function and to be able to push them to the limits and know when to stop um, and I think that actually Scott with your chucking um, practice you certainly know about this uh, you can tell everyone about that if you want Yeah you were command line chucking today weren't you? No actually I, I didn't command line chuck <laughs> because there's, there's a, a stability issue sometimes with command line chuck in the hardware that I was working with this evening because um, what I like to do for performance, a technique I use is to use the built-in microphone input on the top of the laptop. I use the amplitude that's coming in there to control the output of the, of the synthesis processing I'm doing inside chuck and the command line system is a little bit flaky when you use a different input and a different output sound card device. So I was using the mini audible, which is different from people who've kind of looked at more of my practice in detail. Now. But that's but that's exactly the situation you're talking about. That's exactly, a, yeah. That's a circumstance where you've got to make that adjustment in that kind of way. And you've tested this before you've come out to the yeah. gig. Because normally I would play a gig using, you know, no, normally I would just use the sound card for you know for ins and outs if I was going to do it and I would do it with the command line or if I was just performing without using an input signal I would just use the output for the command line use the command line and do the output for that kind of bit there as well I think we've picked up on a couple of key points here in terms of best practice um, perhaps if I tried to summarise them you can jump in but well, well, one little extra one that uh, every laptop performer should and actually must do is to mute turn off the the sounds that happen when you change the your system laptop sounds, yeah. system system sounds. So laptop volume changes. The volume squelches. Yep, you don't um, have volume squelches. In fact, you should you should basically turn that off if you're going to do a presentation or anything because um, it's very jarring. But in laptop performance, you absolutely have to turn that off. 
Absolutely. First thing you do when you get a new computer. And not and you've got to make sure that you've got to go through every single one and turn them off one at a time. You know it. it yeah, you've got to make sure everything is off so that if you get a warning pop up, you don't want your dunk sound, you don't want your calendar to be making sounds when you're performing. You've got to, everything's got to be off. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, another another important step that we take is. We set up for the sound check, but then if it's at all possible, we will leave everything set up and ready to go. Yep. And part of doing that, as Adam, Adam suggested there, is you know you gotta make it so the Mac doesn't go to sleep. So I have mindset so it comes onto a, you know, the screen locks and you need to put a password in it to get into the machine, but it doesn't actually ever go to sleep. It will sit there and stay, you know, stay awake as long as it has power. So that way you don't have programs. Because often when you suspend and then try and you know, you know, re reawake the machine, that's where things like sound cards can have problems, or the DSP chain can go can get problems. Sound, sound cards really don't like going to sleep, but I, I never, I never put my computer to sleep with a sound card unless I've forgotten, which I've done before. But yeah, yeah, if you just close the lid and don't think about it, but I'm. Even, well, you mentioned if you were even giving a presentation, if you're kind of giving some kind of talk or lecture or any kind of presentation, or, or if you're using the computer in a musical concert, or if there's any kind of performance, then you want your screensaver switched off and you do not want your screen to go blank or even to dim if you don't touch it for X amount of time. So take the concert situation where maybe it's an instrumental performer plus electronics plus tape piece so you've got a laptop at the side of the stage playing something and they're playing along or whether that's doing real-time processing or it's just playing a sound file if five minutes into the piece the laptop screen goes off then everyone in the audience who has their eyes open their eyes are drawn to the fact that something has happened off to the side and everyone's eyes go to this laptop and no one's listening to the music anymore everyone's just their your attention is drawn because our eyes are very good at picking up changes in the field and if something that the side of your vision suddenly changes and the worst thing when that happens is that the person who sat near the laptop who doesn't need to touch it then will wiggle the mouse or touch the trackpad and it comes back on and it's you know and by now 90 seconds have gone and we've not been listening or watching the performer so don't if you want to save your screen then use the brightness switch it off manually yeah Hates. <laughs> and also, whilst whilst we're on tiny little rants, <laughs> please don't use the the default Mac OS X bloody background, bloody stars and all that malarkey. Uh, so that's no, a Adam, I'm going to ask you to be careful thing. with your language because we are very protective of our clean, clean sticker. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but yes, uh, it's a personal thing really. But I I think that uh, yeah, it's. Be, be personal, put it, put something up that's nice, don't just use the the, the kind of galaxy background. Um, anyway, let's let's move on from that because uh, we can get we can talk about these little nit, nitpicky points forever. There are loads of them. But they're not relevant to best laptop practice. Um, I believe that you were gonna summarise. Well I, I think we kinda did a good job of summarising our our key points anyway. I think the the key point is obviously this. Well, actually, first of all, I think for some of our listeners may well have been like, well, this isn't relevant to me and I don't care. But I think a lot of what we're talking about here is, is easily applied to going out and recording something as well. Mm. So what we're, 
the, the interesting thing about the performance paradigm is obviously the fact that you have to do it and it has to work and if it goes wrong you need to recover from the fact everything's gone wrong which isn't all too different from the recording situation where if you've been paid to record a performance that somebody else is doing you need that to work you can't you know what I mean you can't apologize and be like oh I'm sorry I missed your recording because this broke and it's not an acceptable situation so I think this discussion is valid for those people as well as people who are more kind of performance orientated um, so I, I think the big one is the big one is to stress is to is to test the system beforehand isn't it I think yeah be prepared but then of course doing laptop improvisation like we do there's a, a, an amount of preparation you need to, to do anyway so it's kind of it's almost automatic um, but I, I think a good a, a good starting point is just to turn it on and just leave it on for X amount of hours you know what I mean just a, a large amount of time and I know that some people would be well I'm a, you know I work my laptop all day every day anyway and there you go you know your laptop will be fine running all day every day fine but for other people if you're you know if you you know a lot of people have jobs and actually do other things with their time and <laughs> you know for those people probably don't have their laptops running 20 hours a day so it might be an idea to you know go out one day and leave it there and you can leave it doing something or just you know just tell it not DVD. to go. that's a good one that that's processor intensive ripping a DVD and uh, if it clears you know I mean if it runs for 12 hours and everything's fine then you know you have a laptop that will go for 12 hours whereas if you come home and it's overheated and shut itself down then you you know you can use that information to establish how long it will run because in the situation this evening with the other performer who was playing it might I wonder if in the future he'll sound check and then turn his laptop off because otherwise it will overheat whereas had it sat off for three hours it probably would have cooled itself to the point where it could well another thing was that the venue tonight was very warm uh, so that's an, an extra variable that he probably wouldn't have uh, control over in his tests but it's, it's that's quite a common thing though I think you know I mean, it's common for the venue to be warm but when he's testing at home it's not going to be warm or it might not it's not going to be as warm as it was I mean it was sweaty warm and you don't tend to have sweaty warm heat at well, home. You can, you can extend that out to say that you can't predict and prepare and test for every possible scenario. Well, yes, that's true. But you can, you, you know, can go out of your it. way to think about what yeah. might I do to make sure that I don't kick myself for having not thought of it. To, to be fair, though, while the ambient room temperature does affect the, the efficiency of the cooling system, I would suggest that most modern... Most modern computers. No, I would well, say that ours most didn't have any problems. Well, but I would say that most laptops tend to laptops tend to run a lot cooler than they used to. So any deficiency in the heating in the cooling system isn't the, the outside temperature is going to be while a, while a part of it isn't going to be a major part of it. I don't particularly think, especially not in the United Kingdom. It's it's not you know it wasn't thirty it wasn't twenty degrees in the room. I don't think it was. But it wasn't that warm. I'm saying if you consider the CPUs probably kicking out 60 degrees, 70 degrees, then you know the ambient temperature being somewhere between 15 and 25 isn't going to be a massive impact on the cooling system. The cooling, you know, yeah. and a well-designed working cooling system should be able to deal with that problem. So I suspect that if he 
if he was to run his CPU for 12 hours hard, I think the laptop would overheat anyway. Which is, I'm saying that's one of these kind of things where it's about the quality of the machine and the, the class of the machine, and that's where you pay. Like on a MacBook, you're you know you're looking at you know 800 to 1,000 pounds as a starting point, whereas in a, on a PC platform, you'll get an equivalent amount of processing power for 400 quid. Uh, in fact, let's let's take this point as a little point of departure because we've talked about our own systems, which are Mac-based. Um, Sam Burkhead and Julian Brooks, who are also part of Helo PG and can make it to this gig, uh, don't use Mac. Um, Julian uses a... Uh, Is it a ThinkPad he's got? Yeah, it's a Lenovo ThinkPad. And that's running a flavour of Linux. Um, and all Windows. I think he was on Windows for a while when he got the ThinkPad new, and I think he's now moved back onto back onto Linux which is where he was from so. and then Sam runs a, uh, a netbook um, is he, he's running Windows on that isn't he yes and his netbook's very interesting because it's had a broken uh, like a cracked screen right across the middle of it for quite a number of months now but he still manages to um, to perform with it so he's working around a very obvious physical limitation of the machine uh, or physical uh, detriment of the machine um, so, um, whilst they're not here, we can't get their direct opinions. We can kind of, uh, we can think about how their systems work, and they're not Mac systems. Um, so I'm going to open up the uh, conversation to this idea. Uh, well, well how, I, how do you think their computers have fared? Well, I, I would say that the first thing we would have to acknowledge is that both of them regularly perform with the group and deliver their performance in, in the exact same standard, to the same standard. So it is possible to, to get a system that does, that does work, doesn't it, I think. Um, you know, I, I would say that Julian's Lenovo box is a, uh, that's a they are obviously very well built boxes. They're, they're ex-IBM. Yeah, so that's yeah. it's the IBM laptop kind of part that was sold off. So they're, they are kind of very well built boxes and the price on them is kind of, you know, Mac equivalent almost, it's around that sort of tier. Um, I agree though that the the small, the, the netbook, you know, is, is a much more interesting proposition because the, the, the affordability on that is a lot better. But I, I think the fact it's a low power processor... Sam does have problems, it's, it's he, he does get crashes. Some, yeah, some... Some um, he's running re noise and he pushes it. He'll push it all the way to the edge. He'll kill it quite happily. He'll push oh yeah. It. So oh, but, it might even be part of his aesthetic. Um, <laughs> but towards the end of a set, he'll just, he'll just pile it on. Like, it, it, it's incredible how much you can get out of this you know, out of this little machine. Um, but he does. Uh, I think he suffers the most from those kinds of uh, performance issues. Um, also, we should talk about the. Uh, the audio interfaces that they use. Yep. Um, so Sam Burkhead, with his netbook, he's plugged into a native instruments interface. I can't remember the name of it. It's one with it the has a round a dial, dial on the top. On the top yeah. of it, yeah. um, oh, it's a control for. Uh, okay, I can't remember the name. Yeah. And Julian Brooks has the Griffin Technology iMic, little USB interface, which I, I've actually started using that as well. I was looking at expensive sound cards and or kind of 
be an expensive sound card. We discussed that in the show two shows ago with Scott McLaughlin. That's right. Sound card shopping. And yep, I decided to go for for this because um, I've seen it work well for other people. It's thirty pounds or thirty euros, thirty dollars. It's not expensive, and and it works. You know, it, it gives because on my MacBook there's only I only have one one input, one audio port, so you can't do in and out on the onboard sound card, and also having having that thing external helps with hum problems that can come in with dirty electricity, I mean, I don't know, the mysterious stuff can happen, like, you know, even, Scott, you had a problem recently, which you don't normally have a problem, but you did, when, when you connected your power supply, you get that sound coming through the bus oh, it's, sound. Uh, it's, it's bus noise off the, just off the electrical, the electrical flow off the bus, you can feel when the, when the system pan kicks in momentarily, it changes the frequency of it, it's, I think, if you remember correctly though, we, we tracked that down to a um, to a probable faulty faulty audio cable actually. Oh is it? Yeah, okay. in that situation I was actually using a mini jack to two quarter inch jacks, which is obviously unbalanced. Yeah. Um, then the mini jack output is going into a set of preamps which are being boosted quite high. It, it's, it's a completely misbalanced system, I'm saying there's no reason to be doing it. But I think in that circumstance, if you don't have a really, really good set of three you know, electrical connections, you get that kind of noise, especially if the earth is a particularly good. That's part of the reason why using an external sound card is such an important step to take in terms of providing you a, a performance, you know, a performance environment, really. Oh, well, that's the other thing, because up until, I wasn't, it's not to say I was using the internal sound card before, although, you know, sometimes for smaller things or for rehearsals that would be useful, but it's not an option for me to select having audio in and an audio out. Um, I was using an audio fire. What was it? Audio file. That's what it was. Firewire thing, which was, up. and I quite liked it. But it's yeah. I I was using it more and more. I used to use it pretty much only for gigging and rehearsals, and I was using it more at home. And then I was discovering with things to do with going to sleep or leaving it in. Doing there's lots of little things that you can do to make it become unresponsive. Yeah, if not kill it to put it so that you can no longer change the settings or that the routings internal to itself stopped being what they were supposed to be, that kind of thing. Yep, I couldn't trust it anymore. But yep, so now I've got this little option. I mean I'm actually now that I've had it and used it and see it's work, I'm gonna order another one so that I have a spare because it's it been quite small, I could imagine it getting dropped and stepped on quite easily. So I think spending an extra thirty pounds to have a spare is um, that's the way I'm going to go on that. So that's an interesting topic. You, an interesting topic you kind of fleetingly touch on there. Because how about they say, essentially we were on tour for today, um, and and while you're on tour, things get uh, things get broken or even lost. Um, I feel at this point here, I we just have to quickly mention the fact that Sam dropped his uh, phone in the canal yesterday. I did drop my phone in the canal. Well, I didn't know. I did not drop it when the. <laughs> Well, it, well it, Sam would suggest a, historic, a uh, historically important and a, uh, To say I dropped it suggests I was holding it. I wasn't holding it. It came out of my pocket. Is it true, Sam, that you were jumping from a moving boat? It, this is what happened. I jumped that off the boat. That sounds actually heroic. Heroic indeed, yes. Yeah, I was heroic. I was holding the middle rope. I was, um, I was tasked with jumping off and 
pulling to slow it down. And while I don't feel in any way it uh, diminishes the heroism of the story, would you care to tell the listeners what kind of boat this was? This was my um, my good friend Muriel's um, houseboat, her canal boat. She was a canal boat. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Anyway, but the reason I mention that is first of all it's amusing, but secondly, <laughs> what happens when we, um, you know, if you're on tour, something breaks. What, what what kind of approaches do you have in mind for how you're going to deal with that kind of scenario? An equipment failure. Uh, um, I, I don't. Think are you going to be more specific? Any. Are you going to give us like, you a know, particular some, yeah, failure? Well, okay. Well, he, he, Here's the way that I work. Um, I, 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 I use a Moto Ultralight. Um, at the same time, I know that I have the drivers installed for any an 828 Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3. I can also use a Moto Traveler and an 83 as well. Um, I have all of, you know, I'm familiar with all of those cards, have them all plugged in, and generally you can find one of those somewhere. But the other aspect to it is also. Um, it's a price where I'm willing to replace them. So, you know, if, if an ultralight dies, as long as it doesn't die within the, the few hours before the pop concert, I can go and buy one probably. You know, I deliberately try and use hardware that I could go and buy and replace fairly easily. You know, any you know, any music tech shop worth its salt is gonna be having a so you know, so have Motu hardware you in You won't here. be using the metric halo anytime soon. No, I, or or even something like an RME. In a, in a face, you know, like oh, a, yeah. a fire face. When I decided not, when I went with the ultralight, and I think I spoke about this rather than a fire face 400, part of the thinking behind that was the ease of replacing, you know, Motu hardware. That's that's kind of fine. So when I'm in a gig, in this sort of situation, I do that. But the other approach I have is if it was a, if I felt there would be more pressure on my time or that wouldn't be such an option, then I obviously, I actually have a, a, a a Mark II 828 in a rack as well, so I would actually, you would see me with that and the ultralight, so I would have two so sound cards. You wouldn't be able to take that whole kit with you for every gig, because there are some gigs, say if we go uh, go from Huddersfield to Manchester on the train, um, you're not going to be carrying around this extra rack with you. No. Um, for me, I, I think I like to carry the minimum possible and unless it's an absolutely vital piece like the computer failing or something like that, I guess I would compromise and say it was my sound card that had um, stopped working. I would take the sound card out of the system and then just run the internal audio and I'd lose some of the functionality that the sound card offers me, like the effects it has and some of the external controls. Um, so that's, I think, how I would... Um, uh, go about handling certain kinds of failure. Uh, now, no, you see, for me, my catastrophic failure um, when the laptop dying, I've um, I've actually considered that, and that's really informed a lot of my practice. So when, when I go to a gig, you're, you'll find that I have a mini jack to a quarter inch cable, and I generally have a USB pen which has um, a version of Chuck for Windows, Mac, and Linux. Now, the advantage of Chuck being an open source open source program is the fact that you can compile it for any you know for whatever architecture you want to and you can install it on a machine there's no license keys there's nothing like that so essentially if I get to a gig and my laptop's dead if there's somebody else who has a laptop there that I can use then I you know I have the cable I need and I have the software I need to put it on there and to do a performance of of sorts you know it might not 
Yeah. It might not be the exact thing, you know, the keyboard layout won't be right, probably the key presses won't be right, you know, the keys won't be spaced right, but nonetheless I'd be able to do, you know, a performance of sorts by, by taking, you know, those kind of design steps in how I work are, you know, considered to facilitate, you know, a performance in that kind of scenario. How about if, uh, for you guys, have you ever, you know, have you got any suggestions or... Do you think there's a point where the show just can't go on? Is that a... Uh, one of the very first laptop gigs I did back in 2004, 2000, yeah, 2004, I think, um, maybe 2005, I don't know. That was when I started going out and playing live with the laptop, and I took a Moto with me, and I had used I had used 8 8s before and had the drivers installed, um, and I, I borrowed... I didn't, I didn't own one, I borrowed one, took it with me, and it didn't work, plugged it in, and I think it must have been a different version, or just something wasn't working, I don't know if it was that I needed to update drivers or what, but I wasn't, there was no internet connection in the venue, and, yep, yeah, it died, and I was playing, not solo, I was playing with someone else, and they were happy to play as a solo set, so I, I just ducked out on that occasion, like, it was a bit of a bummer, but that's kind of informed it was right at the beginning of my experience of these things, so it was... I suppose that's a good thing about us working in a group in Hilo PG and not being solo, is that if we do have problems, and there, there have been problems like... My most embarrassing moment was when we were up in Alderston um, not too long ago, and uh, I pressed the mute key on my keyboard, and then went to do something else 30 seconds later and I wasn't getting any sound out and I had no idea why I thought it was uh, my sound card I unplugged the sound card rooted it whilst we were playing rooted it through directly into my foot pedal and then after another five minutes realized that I'd muted the output um, after troubleshooting every cable along the path and every uh, yeah exactly but it was fine for me to duck out um, because in a way we're a kind of redundant group. Each one of us is kind of redundant in a way. Um, so if it were, if it came to the, the fact that we got to a gig and one of us had a catastrophic, catastrophic failure that we couldn't um, get over, um, then um, sorry, there's a little traffic thing. Scott's pointing out the window or something. I, I know what it is that you're pointing at, but it's okay. Um, then that person can duck out and the rest of the, the uh, group can continue. Because we do improvisation, there's no missing part uh, as such. We just adapt to the new, uh, to the new band configuration. Now, now, with almost complete certainty, I can be sure that Adam wouldn't be very happy for me to tell you that the performance where this incident occurred in... Uh, it is online, Austin, actually. Uh, it is available online. It was streamed live. And if I remember correctly, it, it is was, actually available to view again on... It was video streamed was live, video streamed. and so the video it, is available, yeah. Luckily, on Justin TV, I think. Luckily, the Will, camera was quite a long way from us, so you might... Uh, but I was also closest to the camera, and you might see a bit where I'm actually fiddling with my pedal, and that's me trying to fix a problem. The so we, we will uh, <laughs> we will look this out on the uh, and we will look out the link for that and obviously include it in the show notes which you can get at wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk yeah, I just want to throw in one more reference actually um, which is back on the subject of that little iMic USB interface and like one of, at least one of the reasons I cited they were good was um, 
lifted directly from Kim Cascone, who I saw speak, giving a presentation about laptop performance and the type of work that he does with field recordings. And he, he has a similar approach to having the spare, having the spare iBike. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked for a while. We've been in the car. We're now. I, where are we now? We're, we're we're south of Birmingham still. Yeah, just south just south of Birmingham. So we're almost at the M6. There we go. Yeah, we've seen uh, the the journey's carrying on. I have uh, one amusing little story I'd like to uh, I'd like to just tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to mention the gentleman's name, but um, so there we go. But um, one of the funniest things I've seen in in the laptop performance sphere was a. Uh, a friend of mine was doing a performance. Um, the scenario we were using was a single, was using a, like a kind of guitar amplifier. So a single unit, obviously that offers a lot of advantages. It's simple, everybody can carry it and you have massive amounts of redundancy. If everybody has a guitar amp to play out of, if one or two break, then you can swap around or you know, this kind of thing's quite useful. But the scenario that made me laugh was he, he brought with him some cables and he t told me with uh, much satisfaction how he decided to have these cables um, Connect. He'd got his cables color coded, so he had two cables, and one side was left and one was right, and this would make it easier to wire up stereo because normally you have two black cables, don't you? And um, he began the performance, and I could see a lot of uh, a lot of fiddling, a lot of confusion, um, and noticed he wasn't really producing any sound. So I glanced across and saw he was having difficulties, so kind of adapted what I was doing to encompass this issue, and then. Um, as the performance went on, realised he really hadn't solved it at all. We were probably 10 minutes into a 15-minute performance and there was no resolution. And at that point I noticed that he had his two colour-coded cables, and one of them is a green one. The green cable was plugged into his laptop, while the red cable was plugged into the guitar amplifier. Because we were playing mono, not stereo on this occasion. Yeah. yeah. And I remember that to this day as being rather funny, because anybody who'd really, who was being really observant from the front would actually have picked up on that. Yes, one, one was, they were like those kind of neon guitar cables, you know, the quarter inch jack kind of things. So, I do remember that. So that's, um, I guess that's my final little tip, is the importance of faking things when they go wrong. That's the, the take-home uh, message. Yeah, and, and of the, uh, you know, you have to think about how to make sure you can fake things convincingly. So, while colour-coordinated cables definitely makes the setup easier, it does leave you to that kind of exposed to that situation of catastrophic. Um, everybody can see what's wrong but you. Miscabling and everybody can tell. And remember, if you're really not producing sound and you know it, just just check your email because that will make it look like you're busy. Oh, thanks for that, Adam. Yes. No problem. No problem. <laughs> That's nice work. Nice work. Well, we will be checking our email, and if we've mentioned you, then you may have got one from us too. And this has been the audio podcast for this week, so... The audio podcast on the move, just south of Birmingham. What number audio podcast was it? Did we this, is, this is show 20. Show 20. Show 20. We need a name. We need a cool name for it. Um, well, you'll know what the name is already, because you will have said it. It'll say on there. We'll come up with that after us. No, I, I think... What? We need to choose the name, though. Now we try. We will. We almost finished the show. It's still recording. We actually. I should point out that I've recorded this direct to MP3 on the Yamaha, and we're just going to press stop and then upload it. So the theme tune at the beginning was played off of a the car stereo. Off of the car stereo from the, one of I last guess. week's show. Yeah. 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 Oh. So anyway, so the show title will be show number twenty. The show title is not broken down laptops. Not broken down laptops. There we go. Because we just drove past a broken down vehicle. So we did. Was, yeah. Unlucky. Touch wood. 
Fletch Wood Super K8. Yeah, that's because Scott's car's made of wood. <laughs> no, it's not. Bye. 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 Oh, bye, Adam. Bye. Thank you.